Welcome to Pet Chats on 2NURFM, the last one for 2023. Greg Richard here, joined by Cheryl Shaw and Dr. Kimberly Earl. Thanks for being a part of the last one. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, our last day, so hopefully we get lots of calls because we won't be here for a little while. Well, that's right. Mm. You're getting quick today to find out. Yep, what advice you need. Exactly. And we've got Yvonne from Lovedale, and she's got warts on her toy poodle's body. Yvonne. Yes, look, um, she has these, uh, she's a toy poodle, 12 years old, has these warts coming up on her body. She had a bad one on her left front leg, which she had surgery on, mm-hmm. also surgery on one on her rump. Now, there's more coming up. They're yep. like a crusty wart. What can I put on them rather than I have surgery all the time? Well, there's not a lot that you'll be able to put on them, unfortunately. What we see with um, some of these little dogs as they get older is that the ones, the dogs that are prone to developing those little warty lesions tend to get lots of them. They tend to get multiple um, lesions coming up. Um, and for the most part, they tend to be pretty benign, but they can be a bit messy because you can get a little bit of, um, you know, sort of sebaceous glandular material out of them, or sometimes they just want to bleed a little bit. Um, the, the warts themselves don't tend to cause much problems but again if the dog is licking at them they can cause a secondary infection from the bacteria in the mouth as they're licking them and irritating them um so i I mean it really depends on the individual um mass really the individual wart and and whether or not it's one that's producing any you know sort of material whether it's getting knocked a, a lot um Putting things on them is unlikely to help. It, they're not like a you know a planter's wart that we would get where you would go and get a um, a wart freeze or anything like that. We certainly wouldn't recommend doing that. Um, that's the dog skin is is far too thin and you're going to end up with a big necrotic open lesion there. So, you know our our usual recommendation is. Um, Ignore them if you can, and if they're not really messy and they're not bleeding and the dog's not licking at them. Um, I've had some people try to put little Band-Aids over top of them if they're, you know, but you know, that can be problematic as well because we can't see what's happening underneath there and, and um, you don't really want to allow it to get too moist underneath no. that. No. Um, if it's just a matter of, you know, a bit of dry, crusty skin, you could put a little tiny bit of, you know, a dab of Vaseline and things like that, sometimes keeping the, the tips of them moist means that they're less likely to get you know big and um crusty and get um ripped off but um yeah i mean i i usually tell people to ignore them if you can and if not and they're causing problems and we there's not a lot of good options other than um than chopping them out i'm afraid yes yes the one on her leg she was licking all the time yeah that had to be absolutely um, yeah done and sutured so okay well I'll just leave them and I was just wondering if I could use ordinary walk kill or whatever yeah no, no certainly no, no, no. not yeah unfortunately no. they're quite a different sort of um, beast even though we call them warts they're quite a different sort of uh, you know growth True. than what we get so yes. yeah okay well okay. thank you very much for that info I appreciate it you're that. very welcome Merry Christmas you too bye bye now bye bye Greg <laughs> Thanks, Yvonne. Bye-bye. It's Bet Chat on 2 and URFM. Now, it's coming to the end of the year, Christmas. Is there anything you sort of want to mention out of the Christmas period that we should Oh, this be is such at? a special time. Look, so many people get visitors, Greg, and one of the things that we need to look out for is our cats mm. because cats often don't like having visitors around. So I'm really big on making sure people just... Um, Give some special attention to their cat, even putting it in a room on its own, a bedroom mm-hmm. of its own, so you can close the door away while you've got visitors there, just so that the cat's a little bit more settled with not having disturbance think, from people. I think I'd enjoy that on Christmas, to be <laughs> <I'll> be honest. <laughs>
And make sure that in that room you've got it set up with the kitty litter tray, um, you know, your water and some food. And don't ignore the cat during the day or evening whenever you're having your visitors. Just go in and make sure everything's okay. They just need that familiarity, but they certainly don't um, usually like having a lot of people around. Have you found mm. that, Kim? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in different individual cats will mm. tolerate it better or worse. Um, but, you know, cats really are, are sort of the master of their domain and they don't like a lot of intrusion as a general rule. And some cats, you know, having a few extra people in the house, um, particularly if, you know, you've got the screaming grandchild that's come, um, things like that, um, that can be really traumatizing or, or um, you know, f- fear-inducing for a cat. And so, um, you know, some cats will come and hide and or go and hide and they won't come out for, you know, 24 hours if they're really um, traumatized. Yeah. So I think that's a really good idea, knowing your cat a little bit as well, um, that if you have a cat that's prone to anxiety, even set them up with some of the um, pheromone diffusers in that sort of safe space, um, you know, for the period of time that you're going to have, um, have people there. And if you've got people staying for multiple days, um, then just expect that the cat will probably be, you know, a little bit more incognito during that time. And and I agree, I think giving them a, um, a relatively quiet space that's off limits for the grandchildren, things like that, you know, if the yeah. cat goes in there, that's their safe space, we're going to leave the cat alone. Um, and hopefully the cat will then have a nice, you know, water dish, food, um, toilet in there that it can, you know, be on its own. So it's not having to be sort of um, repeatedly, you know, played with <laughs> played with some cats don't like it and remember that cats um you know sometimes will retaliate with their teeth and their claws um and they can do serious damage so yeah. you know cat scratches um on uh, my sister years ago as a child got clawed in the face by a cat and it's left her with permanent scars oh. on her on her cheek the cat just like latched onto her face with its claw so um they can be dangerous and it's usually because of the fact that they're terrified yeah. um so keeping everybody safe is is top priority at christmas time peter from fishing point with us and he's got a seven month old maltese cross poodle who makes noises when the car stops peter how are you going yeah we're good thanks tell us about your little dog uh, I think he's mentally deranged or something, but no. Mate, he's a great, great little bloke, but you put him in the car, yep. um, and he'll jump in the car by himself. He's not, you don't have to shove him in or anything, but he'll, he'll whinge a little bit when you get going, and then he'll lay down and behave himself. But when you pull up, he goes off his head, mm-hmm. like whimpering and yapping and it doesn't matter what you do he just con- consistently does it and this is when you've pulled up at your final destination or when you're pulling up at every traffic light oh uh, he's not too bad at at traffic lights every yeah. now and again he'll do it there but he'll um when you pull up at the shopping center or something yeah. like that okay he, he goes off yeah um, is is it or is it a, a thing that you could use lavender to calm him down or... Uh, listen, you could try. I mean, I guess, you know, trying to understand what he's doing, 
um, is, or, you know, why, what's triggering it, I guess. So, like, we could be seeing a situation where he's excited because he knows, like, okay, we've stopped and we're going to the dog park and that's really exciting. And so he just, you know, can't contain himself anymore and he's getting excited. Or, like you said, if it's happening at the shopping center or you're going in somewhere, maybe he's sort of thinking, oh, okay, now I'm going to get left alone in the car and I don't like it or left, you know, my, my key person is going and I'm going to be here on my own and I don't like um, the idea about that. Um, so it's a little bit hard to know. I guess we sort of have to try to analyze what, what the circumstances is that's trying to trigger it. And sometimes then trying to desensitize them to that, you know, like pulling up at the shopping center, putting the windows down and just sitting there with them until he's calm, you know, having a few treats there and just trying to help him to sort of be calm and, and teach him that actually it's okay. It doesn't just because we've stopped here doesn't mean you have to get worried. Um, alternatively, if he's excited, well, it's probably not such a big deal if you're going to get him out of the car and, you know, let him go for a walk or, or take him to the park. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's a little bit tricky. There, there will be some sort of an underlying um, issue that he's, you know, sensing that we're, you know, that we're not. Um, and so just sort of having a really good look around and listen and, and think about what he's doing, what his behavior is like is going to be helpful. You, you can certainly try lavender. Lavender's not super useful um, in dogs probably you might be better off to use something like a, um, a dog appeasing pheromone spray that's like an adaptal spray where you put that into the car and have that um, you'd want to spray it about sort of five to ten minutes before you put him into the car um, and that might help just to keep him a little bit calm some dogs get very um, worked up in the car you know they're happy to get into the car but then their their anxiety or their excitement builds as they're sort of in the car and by the time the car stops they're like oh thank god this whole trip is over now let's see what's next and and they sort of you know take it out on you know they, they with vocalization and jumping around and things like that I guess as long as he's not you know damaging anything or damaging anyone he's not urinating or you know that sort of thing it's probably more of an inconvenience the fact that he's yowling in your ear um, at the time you know but but it would be nice to sort of try to help him to be more adjusted in the car as well yeah I've even I've even at him, which I don't swear very often. But. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, he doesn't understand English that well, huh? other than maybe the half a dozen words that he knows. <laughs> you can try that, but I'm not sure that's going to work. No, nah, no, he's um, it, it's just I think he's excitable. And yeah. That, so. Yeah. So, what was that spray? Um, so the the it's called Adaptal. It's a dog of peasing pheromone. You can get them from good pet shops or online, things like that. Um, and they're just basically a synthetic analog of the calming um, pheromones and hormones that the mother dog would release in a in a den to the puppies and things like that. So dogs who are happy give off this pheromone, and it just helps them to sort of feel a little bit more at ease, gives them a little bit of a sense of calmness. And you can spray it on the um, you know the upholstery or the dash of the car, um, just don't spray it and then put the dog straight in because there's a bit of an alcohol carrier and they don't like the smell of the carrier. So you've got to sort of spray it, let it sit for, you know, 10 minutes and then put the dog in. And that can be helpful um, just to sort of try to help them um, chill out a little bit in the car. He likes beer. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend beer. <laughs> That's going to cause you more problems. <laughs> he, he likes to empty the end of me bottles. So, um, yeah, not, not recommended for dogs, I'm afraid. <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. You're Thank welcome. You. Bye-bye. <laughs> We've got Kathy now from Spears Point, and she's got a three-year-old chihuahua that seems to go to bite you when she starts to pat you. 
Kathy. Yes. Hello. So this is um, this is a new problem, or your dog's always been like this? It's got worse. It's gotten worse. Okay. So yeah. first thing first, Chihuahuas can be um, feisty. They have attitude. Um, they they are the classic example of you know small man syndrome. Um, they're often frightened. They're frightened about all the big things around them because they're very little dogs and they're not super brave sometimes. Um, having said that, you know we would always sort of want to have a think about is there something that's causing this dog um, any you know pain or discomfort as we're patting him? Has he got any dental pain? Has he got a sore ear? You know those sorts of things. Um, and then is it is it anybody? or is it specific people or are there people he excludes from that? It's even um, my daughter that owns him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so his but own owner is... It, well, he'll um, want to lay there even though he's very affectionate to her. Yeah. You know, and um, but then at times, um, you know, he'll roll back and on his back and have his legs up in the air and to go to pat him and he, he'll just go, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's bitter. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's that the dog anticipates that you're going to move him on from his very comfy place and he's not, you know, in, he doesn't want that. Um, but if he's if he's comfortable enough and he's lying on his back and showing his belly, he's obviously comfortable enough to do that. But then, you know, you putting your hand there, that that's a, a sensitive, you know, sort of spot for him. Um, and he probably is feeling fairly vulnerable, um, well, you know, so he, when you put your hands up, down there. He comes up to you to get him to pet his belly. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I would I would hesitate. I mean, I would suspect that he's coming up maybe for pats and some interaction, but belly rubs, you know, you know, lots of dogs will flop over on their belly and that's a sign of submission, but it can be an anxiety-related thing. So even just because he's running up to you and flopping over onto his back to show you his belly, that actually doesn't mean that he's looking for rubs on his belly. That probably yeah, means he's I worried. Don't, I don't touch his belly. Like yeah. I'll go to pat him, on the, but, you know, you gone me as well. Yeah. But also what he's got, he's paranoid with looking up at the ceiling of little insects. Oh. As in he's he's obsessed with it? He follows the insects? Obsessed with it where he barks and barks and barks until (laughs) my daughter gets a spray and sprays yeah. it. And sprays and it, yeah. And then it's all right. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like he's got a few different things going on. He would probably um, benefit from a, you know, conversation with a, a vet or even better, a, a behavioral yeah. vet um, yeah. to try to help with some of those things. Um, I always think it's worthwhile getting them checked out just to make sure there isn't a source of, you know, back pain or something else going on, particularly if that behavior is getting worse. Um, and yeah. some of those things that we've just been talking about, you know, the dog appeasing pheromones in, in this little dog's case, it c- does also come in a collar form, um, and popping, you know, a collar, like, a dog appeasing pheromone or a daptal calm collar on him might be worthwhile just to try to help him be um, a little bit more settled in the world but it's certainly not a miracle cure and it's going to take a little bit of of work so I would you know encourage your daughter to to go up and um, speak to her local veterinarian get him checked out and then you know potentially look at a, at a referral to a behavior vet. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that information. You're very welcome. Good luck. Merry, Merry Christmas. You too. Yeah, bye. Christmas coming up, looking at sort of, well, obviously you've 
got all sorts of food out and everything, <laughs> but not all for the dogs as well. No. You know, Greg, one of the things that often happens, we set up our tables or our, our benches and preparing food. We go away to sort of, you know, do something else and get people in ready for the food. And when mm. we come back, we've often had a surfer go through the food on the counter. So we need to be really mindful of our dogs at Christmas time and just what you're leaving out if your dog's around because some of them will get into things not only on the benches or the tables but they'll also get into the garbage bins. Now mm-hmm. those who raid the garbage bins can be in a lot of trouble at Christmas time. Often people discard the fat from their, their ham that goes mm-hmm. in the bin. The strings from our baking, you know, the, the strings or those elastics are even worse that mm-hmm. we, um, you know, they're wrapped around the, the roast. Yep. They discarded into the bin and often wooden skewers. Now these things prevent a real hazard from the veterinary side of things, don't they Kimberly? Absolutely yep, yeah, they taste good they smell good but they can cause puncture wounds and all sorts of um, really horrendous injuries and you know there's been cases of um, you know migrating skewers like the dog bites the skewer and swallows it and it started obviously in the mouth and the and yep. the throat and the esophagus but they migrate great through you know lung lobes and liver it's, it can be really horrendous so yeah um, definitely worthwhile and this is the thing we often don't even realize mm-hmm. that the pets mm. you know got something from the bin so if anything mm-hmm. goes wrong if you start to notice that your dog just isn't right there will be um, emergency clinics open over that period it's really important to get your pet you know seek attention as mm. soon as you can because this can be a potential you know life-threatening mm. event issue. Mm. yeah and there's other things that are, are quite a problem obviously our chocolate chocolate sultanas and that's a double whammy there yeah all the mince pies those fruit mince pies the puddings these things fruit cake they all contain sultanas now this is an absolute no-go for the dogs mm. absolutely so why, why is that why is it Sultanas. Well, on I the, know you can't have they can have grapes on their own, but surely yeah. sultanas are all dried up and. So on the outside of the sultana or grape, there's actually a, a toxin that they um, and it's just been recently. It's found. it's inside actually. It's the tartaric acid. They tartaric. believe it's tartaric acid um, that is produced by the fruit themselves. But when you have a grape or a sultana, you've actually taken away the moisture, and that tartaric acid is still inside the fruit, and it's in a concentrated form. That's so um, probably worse then. It's worse. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Than than fresh grapes, um, and it's a tricky thing because it's not necessarily a dose dependent toxicity, and also because there are so many different varieties of grapes in the world, um, and at different stages of their development, they have different levels of tartaric acid in them, um, and so that, that's why it's, it's been one of these really, really hard. Um, toxins to try to work out what's going on. Why are some dogs, you know, eating handfuls of grapes and not getting sick and another, you know, dog eats six grapes and and the next thing you know they're in kidney failure. Um, And that's because of the variety of the fruit and the stage at which it was grown and picked and eaten and, you know, the the different uh, preservation techniques and things like that. So um, really important. It's really good that we know we have much better understanding now of what's causing the problem. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it, it doesn't make life any any easier you've got to keep your fruitcakes away and your mm. sultanas and anything like that um, keep those away from your pets yeah. so all dried fruits yeah but gone. not just Pretty the dried well. fruits some mm. of the the stone fruits the fruit. that are around at this time of the year as well can put you know 
potentially cause injuries. So the the peach seeds and nectarine seeds, mm. those sort of things are quite sharp on the end and mm-hmm. some dogs will chew them and then it will cause problems obviously internally but they can often damage when they're going down the throat, they can damage the esophagus and things like mm. that can happen as well. So there are a lot of foods that we just don't even really consider that um, they're a problem but we do need to be mindful. Mm-hmm. And also the hams, don't ham just... Ham is really bad. Yeah. Ham is bad. Don't feed your dog ham, people. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, because we, we just don't realise. We yeah. just think, oh, it's Christmas. We'll just, you know, indulge the pet a little mm-hmm. bit. And this is just, you know, taboo. We really can't go doing that. And obviously the bones from your turkey or your chicken, yeah. your roast, just avoid yep. giving those to the dog. And as much as you love your pet and you just want to give them something special, just mm-hmm. make sure it's a, a, a treat that's, you know, dog-friendly, mm-hmm. just to avoid that, um, you know, trip to the vets and the things that can go Nobody wrong. Nobody wants to spend Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or Boxing Day right. sitting in the emergency centre with their pet. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, be be kind by not giving them anything. Yeah. The other thing is, too, a lot of people travel at this time of the year. They yeah. go to visit, you know, their family or friends and or go on holidays. Mm-hmm. Make sure that when you've got your dog in the car, you may stop for your toilet breaks. Make sure you put that lead on the dog before you open the door mm. and have hold of it because sometimes dogs can freak out when they're sort of on the side of a, a busy road yep. and you, you're stopping for a toilet break. And then they'll take off and then there's all sorts of dramas that can happen with that, obviously. Make Making sure that you've got an extra tag on your dog that says, I'm on holidays, this is my number, because dogs can get away and, mm. you know, relocating them if there's not a vet around the area, it can be quite can be difficult. Really tricky. Yeah, yeah. And also um, just make sure that if you've moved recently, you know, if you're ex- having your first Christmas in your new house, um, it's really worthwhile before the Christmas holiday starts to just check in with council and make sure that your microchip details are up to date um, because, you know, it's the easiest way to get your pet dog or cat back is to make sure that the current mobile number that's attached to their microchip is yours yes. and not somebody else's and not the breeders. Um, it's it's really, really common that breeders haven't actually gotten around to changing over the ownership details. So mm. Important thing to double check that before as well. Ideally, yeah. yeah. Also, just to be clear, why... Not the ha- why can't you ah, give your dog ham? Why not the ham, yeah. right? So there's a lot of different reasons, but the main one is that particularly people tend to give the, the dogs the fat or the rind of the mm-hmm. ham, um, and a high a single high-fat meal can cause um, a, a real fulminant, horrible pancreatitis in a dog, which is a life-threatening condition. It may be as mild as they just, you know, vomit a couple times and then the dog gets, you know, over it. But really, a dog who vomits, you know, two or three times on a 35-degree day all of a sudden they get dehydrated and when dogs get dehydrated they don't it doesn't make them more thirsty they will stop drinking and then you've got a dog who's got you know pancreatitis stomach upset dehydration dehydration can lead to kidney disease it's a it's a nasty vicious circle I've already had a dog last week who developed um, hemorrhagic gastroenteritis that's basically bloody diarrhea which is not pleasant um, from you know they had an early Christmas meal and the dog got a bunch of ham afterwards Um, and and sometimes it's just too rich you know if your dog's used to eating a you know small meal of you know kibble and some chicken and rice toppers on whatever um, and you give them a, a rich you know bit of ham it's enough to overwhelm the gut and um, cause major problems so I suppose you forget as well like the ham's been maybe glazed as well and it's always, glazed yeah. there's sugar there's fat like the mm. dog's going to think his his heavens have come yeah. but um you know 24 hours later the dog is going to be in big serious trouble so right. mm. and not every dog survives pancreatitis so mm. um it's definitely worthwhile you know preventing um and on that note 
also prevention. Make sure your flea and tick prevention is up to date before the holiday season. Um, it's a really bad tick year. We're seeing way more tick cases and the ones that we're seeing seem to be more severe. Um, in this day and age, there's no reason that every dog shouldn't be on a good quality preventative that will prevent them from getting, um, you know, a tick paralysis, a paralysis tick. So yeah. yeah, definitely worthwhile checking that. Get that for your dog for Christmas and give it to him early. And another thing too, a lot of us overindulge at Christmas, and um, out come the Panadol. Just make sure you don't leave mm. the Panadol on the you know the table or in excess yep. for the dog. What mm. if they've got a headache as well? <laughs> well, let's hope not. Hopefully, they don't. <laughs> it's bad chat on two NURFM one hundred three point seven. Nearly out of time. We're not just for this week for all of twenty twenty three. We will be back sometime in what late, late January, late January, January February. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've been really lucky, though. We've been, you know, having so many engaging questions this year. It's mm. been fabulous. It's been lots of fun. Yeah, a lot of interesting yeah. callers too. I think we have year. had some interesting <laughs> callers. Yeah. Some that have made us laugh, and some that have made us very sad. But yeah, it's, it's great. It's great. Well, it's good. It's a mixed yeah. bag, though. It yeah. is. Yeah, we, we get some great calls. <laughs> We've got a couple of like dog and cat of the weeks for the, as well for the year. First up, we've got Luna, who is a not quite sure what sort of cat Luna is. Well, she's a moggy probably. She's a lovely little um, black and white cat, mostly black, has a bit of a white chest. Um, says that she's a little bit of an independent cat, maybe a little bit shy, but does, once she warms up to you, she'll come and, and sit next to you while she sleeps. Um, says that she is looking for a home that uh, maybe has another cat, that she gets on well with other cats. She's a, not super fan of dogs, but has the potential to warm up to them. Um, so if you're looking at bringing a cat into your home um, this holiday season, um, worthwhile thinking about Luna, um, please only... Think about it for yourself, though. We don't want to be gifting pets to anybody. That's always a bad plan. Um, so that's little Luna. And we've got Mr. Marvin. Mar good name, Marvin. Marvin is a little pug. He is a three-year-old pug. Um, he's got some of the quirky behaviours of a pug. There's a very long write-up on him, but it looks like he's um, he is you know a happy little dog who's... Uh, vocal it says he's vocal so maybe not if you're in an apartment for him um, he's a little bit heavy he's on the uh, puppy weight watchers plan trying to get his weight down which is really common for pugs that they um they're very um, prone to obesity so we want to get that weight down uh, it says he's a chill home buddy lazy dog but if if you're up for an adventure he's 100% game he likes to run around his backyard um, he can do mini walks um, but of course he's got some of those issues that pugs have with his um a little breathing system not being super awesome, so he can't do long walks and he can't do walks in, in hot weather. Um, getting weight off of him will really help with that. We find that these dogs breathe a lot better if we can get their weight into a nice, good um, body condition. Um, and he loves food a lot. Um, so what does it say? He likes to eat wet food and must be in chunks because he finds it difficult to pick up food if it's too um, sloppy. He just maybe doesn't like to lap it up that way. So... Um, Sounds like he's looking for a particular special mm. owner, but, you know, somebody out there will hopefully... Um, pugs are lovely little personality dogs. They have a few of their own issues, but they can make really nice little family pets. So have a look at, at Marvin. Excellent. Well, of course, want more information about Dog or Cat mm. of the Week, just head to www.wrfm.com.au. Almost out of time for another year. And any sort of tips over the holiday period for people besides what we've already mentioned? Uh, just make sure you keep them in the shade and hydrated. We're going to be in some... 
in for some very hot, hot weather temperatures. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Remember about not leaving dogs in cars. Um, remember that the sand and the footpaths and the roads are really hot on your dog. So try to walk them at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. Um, and just, you know, keep a close eye on your pets through the holiday season. And then also, um, you know, lots of vet hospitals will be closed over the holiday season. So um, just it's worthwhile knowing where your local emergency center is um, in advance. So we've got um, obviously um, in Broadmeadow, we've got one here locally. There's um, uh, Sash at Tuggera um, and there's also an animal referral center. Center, emergency center down at Gosford as well. So um, those are sort of going to be our main emergency centers through the holidays. Excellent. Thank you very much, guys. We'll look forward to catching in next year. Thank Sounds you. good. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.